You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's begin now. Hello! Hello! Honestly, I had no idea how I was going to start the show. Yeah, so. I didn't think that you were going to start it like that. Yeah, well... That's uh, cool. I mean, hello, Dusty. Hi, Nick Price. Um, do we start by reading the text line? The Protein House, you were the purpose. Text line 69306? Yeah. From the 816, the brilliance of Nick Price is coming up next. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. I'm here. That's right. Uh, the next one, who the blank is Kramer? <laughs> He's a part-time producer at 610 Sports Radio. How you doing, sweetheart? Uh, from the 913, Reed and Patrick Mahomes showed last year. D last, 31st, and still one play from the Super Bowl. D will be better, so will PM. A lot of stuff going on there. A uh, lot, lot of abbreviations. Damn it. You know what I'm feeling about today's show, though? Angry. I have these notes, but I got to say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Let's go. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. That guy, that guy is more excited about a season that is so far away probably than anybody in Kansas City. I just aspire to one day have the kind of energy level on the air that Steve Ballmer has in every single part of his life. And for those of you that don't know who Steve Ballmer is, he is? The owner of the Clippers. Or uh, what are we calling him? Governor of the Clippers? Sure. Something like that. Yep. Uh, So they introduced Paul George and... uh, Kawhi Leonard, and that's where that audio comes from. But and their worry. reaction is priceless. Yeah, they're at. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. They're just sitting there like doing the Kawhi Leonard laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is out of bounds. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Nick Price. We're here because we were told we can't go to camp today. Didn't get the invite. Didn't get the invite. Lost it in the mail. You know, who's I'm in- sure it's coming. You know whose invite I didn't lose in the mail? Who? Josh Vernier's wedding. Mm. I'll be there. Can't oh, wait. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do a live podcast from Vern and Katie B's wedding. I don't think that I, I, I haven't been here long enough to get that invite. Mine's not even in the mail. Yeah, Vern doesn't like you very much. That's fine. That's okay, though. That's fine, though. The dude on the text line from the 816 likes yeah, you a lot. Yeah, maybe I'll be at his wedding. I think I should live tweet Vern's wedding. You definitely should. Maybe had, live stream it. Yeah, because I think it's going to be from KDB to KDV. Yeah. Um, but that's not Which important a great right hashtag. Now. I mean, that should be the hashtag. It's already It's already. They decided. met on a radio dating show here. When uh, What's it called? Um, you know. Vern called himself the zookeeper. The zookeeper? Do you remember this? I don't remember this. Can you tell me more? Yeah, like a little background story. So when they did the drive with Parkins and Carrington, they did the dating game show. I remember that. Yeah, they had Vern come in here, and then they had uh, each contestant describe themselves as if they were an animal. What animal would they be? And then they asked Vern the question, and he just said, call me the zookeeper. Okay. I think there's probably audio somewhere in there of Vern saying that. Hey, Dusty, this is Taco. Did you get? Did you not get invited to training camp? I did not. My boss says you're on from twelve to three. You're doing the show from here. My boss is actually in here earlier, um, so he wanted to make sure I was actually. That's actually a lie. I'm just kind of setting that up for you. I, we could have gone to camp, but we got to give you a show today. We got to give you a show because you know what? Everybody that works at this station that is full time 
So Brandon Kylie, Steven Serta, Ryan Wachowski, knock the producers out. Bob Fesco, Josh Klingler, Carrington Harrison, Sean Levine, Ron the Show Hughley, Josh Furnier. They're all in St. Joe. Go say hi to them. Go tell them what you like. Go tell them what you don't like. Have fun because today is the first practice available to the public of the Kansas City Chiefs of the 2019 and 2020 season. It's going to be crazy in St. Joe. That's a fact. We'll go back and reiterate what we talked about three weeks ago because I heard other people talking about it this week, about how similar camp's going to be to 2015 and 2016 Royals Fan Fest. It's going to be crazy with a K. There's going to be a lot of people there because it's the popular thing right now. It's trendy. It's fun. Patrick Mahomes is there. You follow him all year on Instagram in the offseason, on social media. You want to get a glimpse of the arm. You want to see how accurate Madden's going to be. By the way, we'll get into that because there's videos that are leaking all over the place Mm -hmm. on Twitter. And there's going to be a record number of broken controllers this year. And TVs. And probably TVs. And I can't wait. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to see viral videos of people just getting absolutely pissed off because they got beat by the rocket booster arm or the bazooka arm. That's just the way it is. Also, speaking of bazooka arms, Bubba Starling showed his last night. I've never seen anybody more praised over a loss than Bubba Starling last night as I produced the game for Cody B. Tap. That's his Twitter handle. So make sure you're listening to Cody Tap today um, at 4.30 is when his pregame show starts. It's a 6.10 Saturday. So if you go to St. Joe and then you're done with practice and then you're going to the Royals game, you got a Kansas City day all day for yourself. And also... Keep your dial on 610 Sports Radio because we're live and local until 4.30. And then we're even more local as Cody Tapp is live from the K for his pregame show. That's an hour long before the Royals take on Clevenger and the Indians. Funny story about Clevenger. And then we'll get into the show. Last year I was in the locker room and Corey Clevenger, and that's not his first name, that's Corey Kluber. But Clevenger had these slippers on. They were felt. And uh, they had tigers on the front of them and they were bright purple. He's a weird cat, but I like him. And, uh, yeah, you've already lost two to the Cleveland Indians, and now you get Clevenger, and then you get Bauer. So, good luck. Doesn't get any easier. Um, Am I allowed to knee Ron in the growing? No, you're not. You do that, you'll probably never be around us again. So, think about those questions before you text them. Anyways, into the show. We get into this show because camp starts today for the public. They got there on Tuesday. They all reported yesterday. The entire family was there yesterday. Chris Jones, Tyreek Hill, everybody was there. And now you get your first view of the public and you get your first view of the team. I've never done that before. I've watched, you know, people get out of Brinks, money trucks, and all kinds of fun stuff. And I was like, I need to do this. Sherman got out of a NASCAR today, so is he second place in the rivals? I heard, I'm going to let, you guys can vote on that. You know, I'm going to. I think when I heard NASCAR, it, it sparked it. And I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta try to one up it. So that was Dustin Colquitt yesterday arriving to camp in that gigantic armored vehicle. It was hilarious. We all know that Anthony Sherman is going to constantly surprise us with some sort of entrance. To me, it's stale, but I like it because the the perception to the public is that Anthony Sherman is a fun guy. He shows up in Clint Boyer's car. Yeah. Um, was escorted in, so obviously he wasn't driving 125 miles per hour to training camp. But it's fun for the public. 
And that, to me, is the most important aspect of this Chiefs team this year is the fact that they are F-U-N fun. They are very fun. When I think of this, when I think of Dustin Colquitt coming to camp and saying the specialists are here, to me, that's great because that's the punter. How many other punters do you know other than Marquette King have fun, right? Yeah. So it goes throughout the entire team. The entire team. Dustin Colquitt's where we start when it comes to fun because his role is going to be the least important because this team's just not going to punt a lot because of who's at quarterback. We move on to the next fun scheme. You saw the clip of when they had their first practice as a team. And... You saw Mahomes jump on Travis Kelsey's back. Yeah. And some people took it as, it appears that his ankle's healthy. Come on. Then the other part of it was, man, these guys are just boys having fun. They're just like, hey, there's my dude. There's Travis Kelsey. He's back. Let's hang out. Let's let's go practice. And you knew that the relationship between Kelsey and Pat was fun because of the offseason. Kelsey was with him when they went and saw, uh, Kelsey was with him when they went to Texas Tech's road to the Final Four. Right. Um, he was with them when they went to the Blues game, and he, mm-hmm. and he crushed the the Mountains are Blue can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerr's Light, how you doing? And they've just kind of been a tandem. And then they get on the field, and you see their fun reflect on the field. You see their fun reflect off the field. And having a young, fun group, to me, is the most important part of this season moving forward because you know what this camp is all about. You know what this season is all about. Last year, a ton of people said, we'd have gone to the Super Bowl if D. Ford was onside. They'd have gone to the Super Bowl if you could have gotten the Patriots off the field once on a third and 10. That's how close you were. So this isn't a mission statement of it's this year and our year. No, no, no. It appears the Chiefs' mission statement this year is we're going to have fun because we know we're that damn good and we know how close we got. And we're going to get into it a little bit more about the comparisons with the Royals, but doesn't this feel a lot like the kind of fun that the Royals were having in 13, 14, and 15? Yeah. All coming up together, just good friends, you know? Right, but hold that thought. I'm going to Because we'll get there. You're, you're jumping a little bit ahead, Nick Price. But Still that's okay. working on my teasing. That's okay. We'll Learning. get there. We'll get there. We got two hours and 40 minutes to go. But the thing about this is, the other part about being fun is you look at the demographic of these athletes. Tyree Kill's 25. Travis Kelsey's 29. Patrick Mahomes is 25. I'm sorry, 23, going to be 24 in September. These guys are young. That reaches out to other young guys. Tyree Kill is obsessed with playing Fortnite. Patrick Mahomes is obsessed with playing Fortnite. I know you don't want to talk about video games, but that reflects to a young crowd. You look at younger kids. What are they wearing? 15 jerseys. They may not be from around here. But it's important for you when you when you want others to like you and become addicted to your style when you are fun and you are creative and you are comparable. There's teams in the league that aren't young. The Patriots aren't young. No. Their quarterback is 40-plus. Julian Edelman is, I don't know, still older than our receivers. They don't have Gronkowski anymore. Andrew Luck literally has a meme on Twitter or a handle where he is a Civil War sergeant. Andrew Luck (laughs) isn't fun. No. The only other team that is fun and young are the Cleveland Browns, and I don't need to hit how hard I am on that when it comes to the Chiefs and Browns in their future. But the fact that this team is fun is important because they're young, they're aspiring, and they're talented. 
And when you put all that together and then you show it via social media, via live at training camp for the first time this year, like I guarantee you, you'll see people's videos on Twitter. You can follow BJ Kessel. You can follow the Kansas City Chiefs. You can follow Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride, 610 Sports Radio. They'll have some sort of clip. Tom Martin, of course, will probably have something. But all these guys will have clips today of the Chiefs being fun. You'll see it get retweeted and liked. It'll then be on Facebook. And then everybody will mimic this or be like, you know what? I like that team. They're loose. They're also extremely stupidly talented. And that's something you can get behind on a national level. Oh, by the way, your quarterback's on the cover of Madden. He's 23, about to be 24 years old, and he's the reigning defending MVP of the National Football League. I think it speaks a lot to the confidence that this team has moving forward, too, of how they are able to be so loose. I mean, training camps in the past, you always see it's very tense. People, like, worried about their jobs, grabbing their spot, worried about how the season's going to go. This year, everybody seems to be on the same page. They're out there. They're having fun. They're hanging out, and they're just putting in work because they know that there's one goal, and that's to get to the Super Bowl. And you brought up a good point. Before we go to break, there is no position battle. Tight ends a lock, running backs a lock, quarterbacks a lock. The only, the only position battle I think there is, and I thought Carrington Harrison made a good point of this from the drive, is that the number three receiver spot's the only position battle there is. Yeah. And that's be from um, Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. Yeah. And that's going to be fun as well. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. From the text line, I'm 50 years old and I'm a Fortnite junkie. My son refers to me as Potato. That's fair. Um, coming up at 1230, I interviewed Jason Brown from Last Chance U. We had a good conversation. He talks about your Chiefs. He talks about where some of the players from the season of Last Chance U are actually currently at. And he talks about his image and that he just honestly doesn't care about what people think of him because he's just going to be the same person. But coming up, everyone showed up. Uh, Yeah. Call me the zookeeper. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio. You're live and local every Saturday. You heard Brandon Kylie with the leadoff before us. Us means we are out of bounds. We are until 12. We are from 12 until 3 p.m. And then uh, after us is the sexiest trio in sports radio with uh, Chris Sunacero, Jillian Carroll, and Julio Sanchez. Uh, as they go from uh, 3 to 4.30 because the Royals have a 6.10 Saturday. From the text line, the 816, we're headed to Florida family vacation for the week, but I'll keep listening on the app. We're in Alabama now. Can you give us the best wishes for a good trip? Thank you. Best of wishes. Best wishes. Have a have great a, trip. Have a safe trip, Josh, and to you and your family. Uh, thanks for using the 610 Sports Radio app. Download the radio.com app. Take it everywhere with you like they did. They're taking it to Florida. Just plug in that aux cord and let it play. Uh, lots going on today is you can do the hashtag tweet up with uh, personalities of 610 Sports Radio. Not us, but. No, yeah, you can't you can't meet us. Um, the boss made that very clear. He, uh, It's uh, all the guys from Fesco in the Morning, from Show and Burn, and from The Drive. So go say hey, go say hi. Uh, let them know what you like. Let them know what you, uh, what ideas you have moving forward. I'm sure they'll listen to them with an open ear. Um and, uh, you know, have a good time up at St. Joe. Chiefs camp, official first practice to the public. The videos are going to be absurd. I'm sure there's going to be an abundance of them. Um, 
you're going to see the slow motion Patrick Mahomes throws. Um, and uh, that's just the way it's going to be. But this week at camp, uh, everybody showed up because, of course, right? A lot of people didn't understand in the offseason. I think some of us were part of that was the fact that we didn't know what the Trish Jones situation was. And then, of course, he tweets, Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, it's hashtag training camp time presented by at Mosaic Life Care. Who is pumped for this season? Hashtag St. Joe, hashtag 10 years, hashtag let's go 7 O's. Chris Jones had to be there, right? That's just the way this Chiefs team is. We talked about it in the first segment that this team is fun. You know that. Colquitt comes in on the armored vehicle. Anthony Sherman shows up in the race car of Clint Boyer. McCole Hardman showed up with a Louis Vuitton uh, fanny pack around mm-hmm. his uh, around his uh, neck. The Honey Badger was there. And the Honey Badger tweeted... And he said, July 25th at 8.29 p.m., truly believe this will be the most fun I've had playing pro ball since 2015. I believe 2015 was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And the whole team is here. Everybody is there. The Tyreek Hill offseason debacle, no longer an issue. Because he's at camp. Chris Jones is at camp. The entire team, I cannot emphasize this enough, the entire team is ready to go. They were all there by the report time. They are all ready to rock and roll. And today, you're going to see it. And the reason they're all there is very simple. Everybody understands the importance of this year, given the circumstances. The Chiefs are a favorite to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs bring back the number one offense from last year in the NFL, and nobody's gone anywhere. Obviously, they'll have a full year without Kareem Hunt. But Damian Williams wasn't that bad last year. Looked pretty good. Chris Jones is there because he had to show up by August 6th because otherwise... Otherwise, he would have lost a year towards his free agency. Correct. Also, I think that with Chris Jones showing up, he's just showing the Chiefs that he knows how important this season is and getting the work in. And he's going to be like, hey, remember when I showed up on time to camp? Now let's talk. Whenever that time does come. Tyreek didn't speak yesterday, but you should have known that because it's just the Chiefs PR, how they do things. They keep things tighter than a pickle jar. He was there, though. But he was there, according to Jeff Chidea. And we know that everybody's there because we've said it five times already. But these guys know the importance of what this camp means. They know what the importance is of this season. They know that they're favorites to go to the Super Bowl. The torch should and could and might be passed from Belichick and Brady to Reed and Mahomes. There's nobody that deserves a Super Bowl more than Andy Reed. He knows that. There's nobody that wants to get even further along in their career at an early stage than Patrick Mahomes. And there's not a team in the world that knows that they have enough talent on the defensive side as well as the offensive side, as a complete team to gel together and get to the Super Bowl. And what else can prove your worth for guys like Chris Jones, guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins? What else can prove your worth more than taking the league by storm 
getting to the gigantic game that is the Super Bowl and winning the whole damn thing. Because if you show out and you show everyone that your talent helped this team get to a Super Bowl, then damn it, you're probably going to get paid a little bit easier than you did this offseason. That's how you prove it. That's how you get paid. You get want the, the job done. You want the big bucks, win the big games. Yep. Win it all, be great and win, and everyone sees your work and worth, and the money should be easier to negotiate. Now, that could also be contradicting as well, because if you win a Super Bowl this year, you've got one notch under your belt. You could part ways and try to rebuild because you know you're going to give a lot of money towards your quarterback. You know you're going to give a lot of money towards a receiver. And you got an option when it comes to Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins. But that's for another day. But what's more important is it makes you think that even though this team is fun, they can also be serious because everybody showed up. This team knows it can do big things. That's why everybody's there. They know that they can win the Super Bowl. They know they can go deep into the playoffs. They know they can get there. Hell, they were there last year, but they missed it by four feet. Mm -hmm. Revamped the defense, got got rid of negative Bob Sutton, and now you move forward with a fun team, a smart team, and a talented team. You put those three things together, you got a perfect storm that doesn't involve George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley, but a perfect team that involves Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Frank Clark. Everybody on that team is talented. For those of you that have watched the show Last Chance You and are familiar with the show, Jason Brown, next. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio and Out of Bounds, Nick Price, Dusty Likens. Thanks for listening as we are live and local every Saturday on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next. Chris Unicero, Jillian Carroll, and Julio Sanchez branded as the sexiest trio in sports radio. But now, from the show on Netflix, part two of the Independence Community College Pirates, Jason Brown and I sat down and had a conversation via phone call, and he had uh, plenty to say when it comes to the Chiefs, Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Dan Sorensen, Orlando Skandrick, and this year for the Chiefs. Coach Brown, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, no problem, man. Pretty popular guy these days. Saw you on uh, Jason Whitlock's show. Looking pretty good. Blazer on. Nice smile. How's things been uh, since the airing of Last Chance You? Uh, it's been crazy, just like last year. Probably crazier now with all the, uh, you know, how I ruffle feathers on, on my way out of places, I guess, so so to speak. But besides that, it's been it's been good. It's been a fun ride. So yesterday, I want to get into local Kansas City talk because I know that uh, there was a stint at one point where you were with the Kansas City Chiefs and you played at uh, um, at Fort Hayes, I believe. What is it um, this year that would make a lot of people think the Chiefs are favorites when it comes to winning the Super Bowl this year? I would think that Andy Reid would just get over the hump, man. That's what I would think. I love Andy to death, man. He's a California native like I am. And, you know, I think hopefully Andy gets over the over the hump, man. Coach Reid, I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's a top three guy in the NFL. And then that way, it's just quarterback play hurt him in the playoffs previously. And I think, uh, I think Mahomes is a rookie. I mean, shoot, couldn't ask for much more than that. I think they just got outscored uh, at the end of the day in the, in the playoffs last year. Or they probably would have been uh, probably would have been playing the Super Bowl against the Rams in a repeat shootout game. So I think if their defense secondary is probably the biggest thing. One of my former, I got two kids that played in the secondary, Daniel Sorensen and Orlando Scandrick. So, so I, you know, I think they they got a shot at doing having a great season. I just don't I don't think uh, anybody can beat them in that conference. But then they got to get by those Belichick Patriots. What is it about Patrick Mahomes that makes him a once in a generational type quarterback? 
you know what? It's I think it's a lot of I think it's scheme and the players he has around him. Tyreek Hill's pretty good, and so is the, the tight end. And I mean, he's got a pretty special O line. It gets rid of the, getting the ball out of his hands quick. Predicated on putting guys on finding the mismatch, the weak link, and putting their the quicker slot on a heavier backer type of deal, kind of similar to what we do offensively. So I think that's half his battle. Um, you know, I, I still am curious to see what he does as a, a lot of people have sophomore slumps, man. I mean, even though this is his third year, it's really a second playing because the NFL guys, they will scheme you and they will figure you out. I think it'll be interesting to watch his growth this year. And, and, and if he does it again, then you know he's for real and, and he's he's going to be here a long time, but uh, or equal. It won't be the same as last year. I can tell you that right now. But is it going to be consistently solid? And that's all you look for in your in your second year starting in the in the, in the league. So Dan Sorensen, you said was a former teammate of yours. His nickname in Kansas City is Dirty Dan. Does that fit him perfectly? Yeah, he was a, he was nasty, man. He hit you and wouldn't talk really much about it besides with his helmet. So it was uh it was good to watch. What's this year for the Kansas City Chiefs going to give Andy Reid to get to that level of the Super Bowl and actually get that title for the first one in his life? You know, like I said, quarterbacks win win you games and they lose you games. And I think Mahomes has what we call the it factor at that position. Where I love, I like Alex Smith, man. I think he's solid as a gift, but he's got like that Tony Romo disease, man. He struggles in the playoffs, and you know, you don't have that it factor to get over the hump. It just it hurts you. You know, it's just one of those things. You got to have an it factor, man. And uh, I think Mahomes has it. I just think. Uh, the defense has to show up because defense was what wins. I mean, look at the Rams' offense and then Belichick signing them, and you know you're in a what was it nine six ball game or whatever it was in a Super Bowl. Defense wins championships, man. Offense wins games. That's just the old adage, and that's what people. That's the truth in that at that level. I'm sure they'll be top two or three in the league in offense again, like normal. And uh, Coach Reed does what he does. Uh, a childhood friend, Eric Bieniemy, is also. Been coached there for a long time. We all grew up in the same area. Me, him, Darian Hagan, who they played at Colorado together. But he's he's a young bright star in the NFL too. I'm sure he'll get a job here shortly, somewhere as uh, his own job. We'll see if they can get over the hump defensively. That's all. I, that's all I think is missing. People criticize you for your coaching style because they see eight hours of seventy thousand plus hours being filmed. Why do you think that that's the narrative that they go after? Is it because that's what sells on Netflix? Is the cursing and the hard language and stuff like that because it seems like in the show that you'd have a lot of community barbecues and it seemed like there's a lot of people there that kind of were okay with Jason Brown but of course the show airs they see only eight hours of edited audio and they basically judge you on that how does that kind of like get you through the day or how does it kind of make you feel when you when you see those reactions you know people people are gonna always judge you man it is what it is it's the shoes i chose to wear you know i got broad shoulders i'm fine with it i, I accepted it i have no issue I, like i told people man it turns me on when i'm hated on man uh <laughs> to be honest with you i'm taking somebody out of there the guy that sells donuts at dunkin donuts man has to stop selling them for a minute to hate on me on twitter like the keyboard cowards they are you know what i mean so i I, I, I enjoy it, to be honest. I know what I do personally, so that's what allows me to sleep at night. I know what I do right by the kids. and You've seen a lot of kids come forth to social media and defend me and so forth like that because, so, you know, you see me getting bashed online by my players. Now you can harp at me and say, okay, this guy is what they said, thought he was, you know, but, but that is not the case because they don't really see what we do off the camera. And I've been doing this my whole career, man, and, and you can find players – from 20 years ago, that's going to tell you the same thing. You know, the number one thing for me in junior college was to get kids graduated. We did that at an accelerated rate, better than anybody in the country. And then uh, number two was make sure they, they got a scholarship. 
and we did that better than anybody at an accelerated rate. So those are the most two important things to me. And, and winning ball games, usually when you did right, um, six days out the week, the seventh day took care of itself, which is game day. In the first two years, you know, I lost four ball games. And then in the last year, six days out the week, our kids didn't do right. Either did the staff, and we ended up losing eight games. Junior college is very tough year in and year out because it's musical chairs. It's a, it's a, it's a million moving parts, and you have two kids every year. And it's 18 months to, to try to shape a boy into a man, and a lot of people don't understand that. A broken boy and turning him into a man, and that's, that's more – that's really the correct – word to use broken but that's what i chose to do that's what i love to do help those guys out and uh and, and you know mold them into young men the young men man that's uh gonna be good in the community somewhere someone's town when they leave their college and they get their degree 221 kids i sent division one man and uh, not one kid's been kicked out of the four-year school that they attended or or, get, or or been thrown in jail so that's what makes me sleep at night so, you know, that's what I want. That's what I want them to do because we're going to make it harder, man, because I, I, want to, I want to develop tough skin for these guys. So so when somebody calls them out at their job in 10 years, they don't punch them in the face and get fired. They understand that the real world is going to hit them in the face, man, very, very quickly, and they need to know how to be on time. They need to know how to sit in the front, how to dress. We, we taught those things at Independence, sagging pants and saying N-words and calling girls B-words. That, that didn't fly with me. You know, I make them raise their hand every meeting. I say, you guys have a mama, and they raise their hand if they have one. I said, then I better never hear the word B come out your mouth regarding a female. You know, little things like that that I don't think being taught enough by enough coaches. I think most coaches we, we see that you see that you don't even realize are scared of these kids and want to be their friends, and they don't want to tell them the harsh realities of life that's about to hit them in the mouth. And that's what I do, and people hate on me for it. So so be it. The kids know. Um just so you know, we sent two kids to one to Cal last year and one to Vanderbilt. Tell me another JUCO that sent a kid to Vanderbilt and Cal, academic schools like that. They don't happen. It hasn't happened, number one. That, that's, the, that's the part that, that makes me uh, tick. I really got rubbed wrong by Jeff Sims. And I know that there's a history there between you two, but the fact that he just kept saying, let's not be them, let's not do that, and then he basically started that whole altercation by acting out of character – you know, why doesn't he get scrutiny for that? Man, I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm the guy they love to hate right now, I guess. I don't know. You don't even understand. No, man. You ca- I, can't even ima- I can't even start to tell you the difference in coaches in that league what, when we played them last year. Like, after one year of the show and we beat everybody, then we come the next, the next last season that was this film, the one you just watched season four, you should have seen the opposing coaches, man. It was like, it was unbelievable. Just trying to shake hands. They were just like talking crap. Like they were the, the biggest thing since like bread. And I'm just laughing at them like, you guys are a joke. Yeah, you know, you guys are truly horrible, one. Two, we had a horrible nucleus, the most talent, but a bad nucleus. That's why we lost every game by one point that near. So it's just one of those things that we were missing one thing. I told our players, we don't deserve to win because we weren't doing right six days out the week. Uh, we had kids grilling at Walmart and uh, smoking weed. And, uh, you know, I cut 36 kids and fired seven coaches during the season. They don't really show a lot of that, but um, it was a bad, bad batch, man. You know, one bad apple ruins the whole batch. We had a lot of that. Uh, the sim situation, I mean, maybe you couldn't handle the cameras, man. Everybody wanted fame. I'm sure coaches were trying to use the cameras to recruit for their own school, and they had their own 
ulterior motives. You just never know what people are thinking, man. But but everybody, you know, I had coaches I fired trying to use their fame by bashing me on Twitter. And everybody wanted to increase their followers, so to speak, which is just crazy to me. I, so I, it's just one of those deals, man. It's, everybody wants to be famous nowadays. And, and that's why, you know, my whole thing happened with the, the kids putting my text messages out there. I mean, that, it's just the, the generation change, man. The, the, the culture changed. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if I've adopted it or, or if I've adapted to it. Um, and I always said if I... If I don't adapt to these kids, I better find something else to do. So we'll see what I end up doing, man. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know what's next for me. I'm seeing how the book's going to do. I'm going to do a book tour. The book's number one bestseller right now on Amazon, and so I appreciate it to all the fans. It's doing a great, it's doing great, man. It's exceeding the expectations and getting something out of it. And that goes from business owners to general populated people, not just football coaches. So everybody alike can get something out of it, I think. Yeah, the book called uh, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, I mean, that is, a, is that just you in a nutshell right there? Is that how it normally goes in the life of Jason Brown? Yeah, I think so, man. I think that's pretty much the, the best title I could have came up with, for, so to speak. So me in a nutshell, get, getting kids scholarships, I'll cut them out and get them a scholarship and they can love me later at the end of the day if that's what it takes. Think about this. I got a guy that's up for the Doak Walker Award, and I got a guy up for the Jim Thorpe Award. DJ Williams at Utah State and Raheem Boyd. At Arkansas, I mean, those are probably going to be two NFL guys. We'll probably have 10 to 15 NFL guys drafted after two years of the show, which will never be matched again. And uh, think about that, that talent there. So Jermaine Johnson at Georgia is going to have a chance to compete as a true junior right out of junior college because he's been there since January. He knows the climate. He knows how the weight room works. He knows how the study hall works. He knows how the classroom setting is. Sometimes, man, it's, it's uh, you know, it, you run your course at certain places, and all good things come to an end. Have you had any confirmation with uh, Bobby Bruce or Marquise King? I'm going to ask you real quick if you had any contacts with them at all. I talked to Bobby briefly trying to get his transcripts and stuff out of Independence. He had a kid and so forth, but I haven't talked to Bobby. And uh, who else? Uh, the receiver, King. Do you know anything about what he's doing these days or anything? Oh, Marquise King from this show? No, nah, I haven't talked to Marquise. He's, on, he's the only kid in the three years I was there that, had, that didn't graduate on like he was supposed to. When I left there in February, he was still in spring uh, taking classes, so I don't I, I don't know anything about what he ended up doing. Talking with Jason Brown, the coach from Last Chance U. Jason, thanks for joining us. Before you get out of here, you had a you had a lot of women reach out to you. Did you ever uh, did you ever go on any dates or anything like that, or you just stay solo, Joe? Nah, that was over <laughs> a year ago, man. Yeah, that that uh, whole single bachelor thing. That I didn't even know I said it on camera, man. Uh, Coach Harris, I think, made me say that when I was cooking dinner one night. But I think Greg Whiteley wanted to hear me say that. But no, nah, man, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really take anyone up on any offers, man. I was a little too busy. All right, Coach Jason Brown. I know you live your life with no regrets, and I, I thank you for joining our show today on Out of Bounds on Six Ten Sports Radio in Kansas City. Coach Brown, take care, man. All right, brother. Take care. Take care. Coach Brown from Last Chance U. A lot of controversial things going around with him. Um, what's next for him? I don't know. Um, but apparently he's not going to change. Uh, so you have that moving forward, but as for everything moving forward from here, it's a small sample size, but it's the only sample we have out of bounds with dusty Likens and Nick price, 610 sports radio. You just heard the audio of. 
Coach Jason Brown, former coach of the Independence Community or Junior College in uh, Independence, Kansas. Season four of Netflix just came out, I think, about a week ago. So if you haven't seen it all, we kept the spoilers to a minimum. Um, and basically questions I asked him about were questions that you should have seen in the first couple episodes. I know my boss, Steven Spector, was like, hey, not everybody watched the show yet. It just came out a week ago. I also didn't know that he and Eric the Enemy were boys. Yeah, I didn't know that. I either. didn't know that he and Andy Reid were California dudes. Yeah. I mean, I knew they were both from Cali. I didn't know they like kind of had like a connection. We'll see if that's validated truly or not. Um, and then uh, he was uh, a coach of Dan Sorensen. Yeah, and Orlando Dan. So when we say live and local, damn it, we mean it. God, where's that clip of that guy from the Clippers? Um, that's what we mean, man. Like Independence, Kansas, right down the road. Not technically, but it's down the road. Um, I feel like that show has taken off in the last two seasons. I feel like there's a lot of people that are interested to know like what he's doing now after that uh, controversial tweet or text that he sent to a player on his uh, on his staff. For those of you that don't know what the text was, he told a guy, I am your new Hitler. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. No. Okay? <laughs> Not today. That's for sure. Yeah, say it out loud or do the, uh, do the Stephen A. Smith, uh, don't press in. Or no, that's uh, Herm Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herm Edwards, now the coach at Arizona State. Um Last night was fun for one individual uh, for the Kansas City Royals. And the 3-2. Ramirez swings and lines it to center field. Bubba is there to make the catch. Tagging is Lindor. He is going to be out, and Bubba got him this time. Bubba Starling nearly threw out Tyler Naquin earlier in this inning, and now he guns down Francisco Lindor on a line drive to center field. And out of all that, the Indians get one. I think now we're finally starting to see from a perspective of the major league eye why Bubba Starling was the biggest talk and continues to be the biggest talk for the Kansas City Royals. I'll listen to Whit Merrifield. That's fine. I think Whit was pretty well talked about last year and the narrative of Whit Merrifield was he waited so long in the minor leagues that now his production in the big leagues is astronomically great. I get it. Whit Merrifield's a good ball player. But Bubba Starling the entire year was literally the talk of Kansas City Royals. Last night, Bubba Starling made three plays. Three. That had the moment of, holy cow, the talk is real. Bubba Starling also last night continued his hitting streak of 10 games. Bubba Starling has reached base in all 11 games that he has been a part of the Royals. That's why when we teased... It's a small sample size, but it's the only sample that we have. And it's 11 games. Now, I believe the Royals are 8 and what? Are they 8 and 4 in their last 12? Something like that. They've lost to Cleveland twice. They've lost to Detroit. No, they've lost to Cleveland three times, and they've lost to Detroit. So they're 8 and 4 in their last 12. They swept the White Sox. They won two out of three against Detroit. Lost two out of three against Cleveland, and then they've lost two against Cleveland. And then they beat Atlanta twice. They swept Atlanta and Atlanta. But three plays last night in the outfield for Bubba Starling were great. In fact, they were real great. Bubba Starling right now currently sits with 43 at-bats. He has 14 hits and a home run. His OPB is 370, his slug is 442, and his OPS is 811. 
So when it comes to Bubba Starling and the small sample size that he's had, and I know Show and Vern talked about it, how he looks like he's so serious. I just think that's who he is. Yeah. The adversity this guy's had in his career, I think he's just about the next step, which he's finally gotten to the highest level he could possibly get, and now he's got to get some validity and some security. Yeah, I mean, you got to be that serious when you got this much pressure and this much hype and you've been looking forward to this for so long. Can't screw it up. And they had talked about his average, Nick, all year uh, in the minor leagues. How it was over 300. How mm-hmm. it was this. How it was that. And last night, per Jeffrey Flanagan on Bubba Starling from StatCast, the velo on his throw home for the outfield assist was at 100.7 miles per hour. That is the hardest thrown outfield assist in the MLB this season. Okay. Mike Trout plays center field. Hasn't touched 100.7. Bubba Starling, when we were talking about him earlier this year on Out of Bounds, because the narrative behind Bubba Starling was he's got it all. The power isn't it isn't great, but it's not what his aspect is of the game. He is a on-base guy. He can steal your bags. He can play a great center field. And he's a smart ball player. Right now, Bubba Starling has a 10-game hitting streak. He has been on base in all 11 games that he's played because he sat one. And you almost get the feeling that everybody's rooting for Bubba, right? So last night, producing the game for Cody Tapp, and I thought it was interesting because the Royals lost, and it wasn't close, right? But it seemed like no one really cared that they lost. Now, granted, I know that there was probably a lot of people going to bed on first practice eve of camp, and they're ready to go see the Chiefs because that's what's going to happen. The Chiefs are just going to take over this town in a matter of weeks. But again, Jeffrey Flanagan says, quite a night defensively for Bubba Starling. He got his second four-star catch of the night per stat cast. By the way, on the line drive from Freeman in the sixth, just 45% catch probability. Then he got his second career outfield assist in the seventh. So the defense is there. The consistency in the stick is there. The running on the base pass is there. The arm is there. Bubba Starling all year has been the biggest story for the Royals. I don't care what you think when it comes to any other story. Bubba Starling has been the biggest story. I know the sample size is small. It's only been 43 at bats, and he's only played in 11 games. But in All of the 11 games, he's been on base. In 10 of those games, he's got a hit. In fact, his hit streak's at 10. And he's got two outfield assists. He made three great plays last night in the outfield, two of which were four-star plays per stat cast. I mean, I don't know if the wow factor's quite there yet, but the okay, we're over the fact that he's made his debut factor is over, and now it's kind of like, all right. Bubba's doing what we thought Bubba could do. Yeah. And what he did in the minors has portrayed into the major leagues so far. Yeah, you couldn't really ask for a better 11 games to start out your major league career than Bubba Starling has had. Kind of exactly what we saw from him in the minor leagues, and it's transitioning very nicely. And like you said, this has been the biggest story with the Royals all year. I mean, if you've been listening to Out of Bounds or any of the other shows on 610 Sports Radio, it has been a lot of when is Bubba Starling coming up? This is what Bubba's doing in AAA, all of that. 
even more so than what was going on at the major league level for the first half of the season. So all of this hype and all of these expectations and the long journey that he had to get here, and so far, it's turning out exactly how you would draw it up. Now to play devil's advocate, is Bubba Starling part of the future? I don't think so. But then again, I don't have telekinesis. No. I can't read Dayton Moore's mind. I don't know where the future is for Bubba Starling, but I know as of right now, he's playing himself to get a somewhat of a minor league contract, move him up onto the major league roster at the start of next year, and then just do like player options. But Bubba Starling right now is letting us know that it was right for us to follow him in AAA. Again, I don't know if there's ever been, and Brady Singer might pass that in, the, in what the, the show and Vern family call the Fab Five of pitching staff. Mm-hmm. They might surpass that eventually. But when it comes to Bubba Starling and the hype that was around him in AAA, he is showing us right away that it was worth the talk. It was worth the attention. And when you look at what Bubba Starling is doing in center field and with this 10-game hit streak, you're seeing what this guy is ready to do. And I don't know if it's turning a leaf. I don't know what clicked. I'm sure there's probably an interview coming with Cody Tapp for tapping the plate with Bubba Starling mm-hmm. on the 435 podcast, nonetheless. But if there's one thing that I know that's important with sports is that when you have a microscopic view of your career and your profile, there's nothing better than to be successful right away. And Bubba Starling's doing just that right now when it comes to this 10-game hitting streak, the three plays he made last night, the 100.7 arm gun that he had with the outfield assist. Oh, by the way, to bring ironicness or irony to baseball, Bubba Starling threw out Francisco Lindor from center field last night with the fastest throw in baseball from center field. Bubba Starling was drafted before Francisco Lindor, and an entire Royals narrative around Bubba Starling has been, well, you could have had Lindor. Right. And what did Bubba do? He showed his arm in the first possible chance he could get in center field for the Royals, throwing out Francisco Lindor. Yeah, I think these 11 games really has just allowed all of Kansas City and people who follow the Royals to breathe a sigh of relief. Everybody was holding their breath to see, all right, it's been a really long time finally getting him up here. Is he actually going to produce? And now it's a sigh of relief, and everybody can just watch what he's doing and say, okay, I see it. I think this kid's got potential. Let's see where it goes from here. Not only that, but you've got to hear about it all week or all year because not everybody gets to watch uh, the Omaha Storm Chasers. You just get to see on Twitter his stats and the conversations. Right. But now Major League Baseball is on national television, most of it, and you have Fox Sports Midwest. You get to see Bubba with your naked eye. Coming up, when people say a slump year and compare it to a – an anomaly type year? I just don't get it. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about Mahomes again. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 